Hello and welcome to Entmoot, the battle games in Middle-earth podcast all about the Middle-earth strategy battle game. I'm Harry and this is episode 24. Very exciting episode uh, coming up because I've got a new way of doing things. Um, at the moment it's a bit tricky to do the tournament visits as I would usually do uh, in the podcast but I've got a new and ingenious or hopefully ingenious way of recording quality audio uh, with other people so you might be able to hear from other people's voices during the course of this podcast so very exciting. So if you're listening in expecting a another kind of uh, rehash of some old interviews uh, don't worry I have got some new material, new interviews lined up for you. It should be quite a lot of fun. So uh, that's what's coming up. Um, It's not going to be the normal kind of um, podcast, obviously, uh, tournament-wise. We're not going to a tournament in this episode. We will, however, still be doing all the usual bits and bobs, which includes uh, answering the riddle in the dark from episode 23. Uh, We'll also be having a little bit of a a building of an army session. And uh, later on, hopefully, I'll talk a bit about uh, tournaments and the future and some of the things lined up for the podcast as well and uh, the YouTube channel as well. So a very exciting podcast. Uh, But as I mentioned, I think it's probably about time just to get straight into the episode um, with a wonderful new army list for the lovely SBG game that we both uh, really enjoy. So, let's crack on and... Yes, that's right, we're building an army for Mordor, and this time it's a very exciting army, because actually it is building an army for Mordor, literally in the sense that this is an Isengard army, so it's being built to support the uh, the Mordor scum. So, uh, what I've got in this army, uh, this whole episode actually, is a 600 point restriction. I've, I've kind of self-imposed that, um, mainly because it feels like a kind of a reasonable restriction, a reasonable sort of tournament size, regular sort of games, you'd get about six games in at 600 points usually. Um, So very exciting. I'm going to build an army from Isengard. So um, I'm not going to do any Legendary Legions because um, although the War in Rohan book has provided us with ample Legendary Legions, um, they don't really... They're not that appealing to me, I must say. Um, I like the the, the 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 Helm's Deep kind of legendary legion. That's really cool, and I do uh, I do like the Dunland and the um, Wag Riders. So yeah, I guess I like them all. But um, and the Ugluk Scout. Uh, that's a really cool legion as well. But I don't really want to do a theme like that. I want to kind of do. A burning of the Westfold type thing. I, I really love that scene um, in the Two Towers. Or, no, sorry, the Fellowship of the Ring. Is it the Fellowship? Of the Ring? I can't remember. No, it's the start of the Two Towers, where Saruman's got all the um, Dunland warriors around him, and he's he's kind of rallying them up and saying, you, you know, burn, burn every village, and all that sort of stuff. I really like that scene. So I wanted to imagine a sort of an army, kind of mixed arms detachment army, um, which pulls together a few of those different elements and makes for a sort of relatively all-rounded. Um, our Isengard army that includes Saruman himself. So, with that in mind, I'm going to start with the man himself, uh, Saruman, or the wizard himself, um, the Astari himself, Saruman, and uh, and a horse. Now, I realise at 600 points, this is a really big, really, really big investment. Um, 190 points uh, for Saruman uh, at this level, which which does feel quite. I mean, it's quite an expense. 
and he's nearly a third of your army so you've got to really be getting your your money's worth out of uh, Sauron as it were um but but he has got a lot going for him he's got you know he's got the re-rolling priority rolls he's got the 18 inch range command and uh, 18 inch range immobilize amazing stuff with a horse you know you could potentially getting uh, a compel off in the first turn um, and pretty much not move so you know you go five inches forward compel someone and then move five inches back um, and just get a cheeky one with the free uh, the free compel dice so all that sort of stuff he's got really good casting value so he's really good for that um, obviously he's not a combat hero at all but he does have the, the sorceress blast and the flame burst which are very good um, offensive weapons if you really need them to be uh, at the right times I suppose so so that's that's the leader um, and joining him uh, are a pretty pretty straightforward warband 13 Uruk High uh, 6 with pikes 6 with shield and 1 with a banner and a shield so um, you know solid 13 warriors there a, a nice nice detachment solid um, Uruk High fighting Uruk High kind of, kind of war band obviously not a full war band um, he's a hero of legend but i'm going to be using three heroes and at 600 points that's already a big investment and nearly half of the army so uh, on to the next war band i wanted to reflect some of the sort of uh, urukai scouts that um end up ra- ravaging the west fold so i've gone with malher um the reason for malher I-, I was thinking i need an urukai captain um, and he's just good value for an Urukai captain. Um, I think an Urukai captain, without looking at it, is about 50, 55, something like that, with maybe extra with a shield. Um, he's 60 points. He's got three attacks. Obviously, he's the lower defense. He's got def- defense five, but he's also strength five still, two, uh, three attacks, and he's move eight. Move eight. Absolute monster. Only one fate point and two wounds, but he's a powerful, uh, powerful guy, and I think in combination with Saruman, Saruman may be immobilising people, Mauher running at them with fight five, strength five, and three attacks, eight inch charge, you know, I think I think he, he, he can be pretty good. So hopefully he's going to be teaming up with Saruman a bit to do some damage. Alongside him, we've got three Urukai scouts um, that have been given the Marauder upgrade, so that's an extra point to give them the eight inch move, and the shield. So they're 30 points. So um, 10 points each. So most of my hero, my warriors so far have been pretty pricey guys, so all 10 points each. Um, but obviously Urukai good, you know, fight four, strength four, all that sort of stuff. So good stuff. So we've got three Marauders there so not loads of marauders but enough to give him a give him a, a pretty fast moving contingent um if for objective grabbing all that sort of stuff so and there you go that's the the first bit of that then we've got um just two standard urukai so another 20 points on urukai one with a pike one with a shield um they're really going to hang back and and join in with saruman if the other guys wander off and ca- capture objectives and then two with crossbow i was debating whether to give the um give some scouts uh, bows perhaps um, give them give the marauders uh, sort of actual bows I, I don't know what I could and I'd probably consider changing this if if, if I was really thinking of this um, for a, for an actual tournament uh, giving the the three scouts I've already mentioned um, the marauders giving them bows and just making it five Urukai s- scouts with bows so it's sort of something like 50 50 or so points um but then they're, they're becoming quite expensive guys there'd be 11 points a pop um for all of the marauders with the shields and the bows so so i've come with the crossbows crossbows are good strength four bows are always great obviously you're hampered by the the lack of mobility but i mean there's nothing better than having two strength four shots to threat uh, as a threat to to enemy heroes um, and enemy horses cavalry and all that because you know i mean Good. There's a good chance you're going to take out a couple of horses with them. 
Um, so then we've got so that's that warband. So that's sort of uh, what was it seven models in that warband with three marauders, the two crossbows, and uh, the pike and the shield. So so that's another another sort of not fu- not full warband. I'm certainly not filling out my uh, my warband slots. Mauho's a fortitude, I think. So he's got twelve slots there. Um, the final warband is Golf Ironskin. Now, there's a bit of a misconception um, that the, the, the Wildmen of Dunland or the Dunland heroes, because they're in that Dunland, Dunland slot in the War in Rohan book, they're kind of seen almost as a separate army, which they're absolutely not. They're, they're part of the Isengard army. If you, you check the sort of previous pages in the War in Rohan book, it lists all of the Dunland stuff as part of the Isengard, Isengard army. So Golf Ironskin is slotting in there at 70 points. You get a three attack hero um, who has strike and a free heroic, uh, free heroic defense if you need it. Um, and I need a strike, but he's also just an absolute monster. Strength five. Um, he's got three attacks. Um, I, I just think I just think he's a really really solid choice for a, a sort of hitty hero. I mean, I've already got um, Saruman sinking lots of points. Um, so hopefully, with the combination of two three attack, strength high strength, you know high attack heroes to accompany Saruman hopefully Saruman with his immobilized can do the right thing and sort of um tackle the tackle the uh, the, the big heroes and immobilize them and all that sort of stuff while Mauher and Gorulf either chop through um chop through troops or they can potentially take on an immobilized hero so that's the idea behind this um Obviously, these things tend to fail in practice, when, especially when I'm <laughs> commanding them. But along with uh, Gorulf, we've got um, a sort of weird Dunland um, warband. Uh, I've gone with five Dunland Wildmen of Dunland. The reason for the Wildmen of Dunland, I wanted to just up the numbers a bit. It was looking a bit too elite, um, especially when you find out the rest of the warband. But um, five Dunland Warriors, uh, Dunland, sorry, uh, Wildmen of Dunland for 25 points. So they're the cheapest, cheerful, cheapest chips, kind of five point a pop, um, strength three, fight three, defense three all that sort of stuff so they're really um just to fill out the ranks you know whack a couple of pikes behind them whack a pike behind them whatever give them the five four and and hopefully hopefully um do something with the dunland and then um i've got a dunland warrior with a shield in there so that's an axe and a shield so a bit higher defense and the only reason i've gone with him is just the maths worked out he's eight points so it just kind of um, tallied up to to work out that way and finally a crebane or Crebine or Cribbon or whatever you want to call them. I think it's Crebane, uh, Crebane from Dunland. Um, Twenty points. So this is the new the new model that has the uh, birds and and stuff that that fly over the Fellowship of the Ring um, in the first film. And they've got some just some great stats. You know the flight is great, twelve inch move. Um, especially combine that with the some of the scouts. I've got a really good sort of mobility um, mobile contingent in the army, and um, they're just a, a pain. I've, p- I've played against them a couple of times now um, um was it a couple of times i think it, at least once anyway um and i played against them and they were just a nightmare to get rid of like the, the high the number of wounds they've got um four i think yeah yeah four um number of wounds was just so difficult to get rid of you know something something 20 points it's it's relatively expendable um but it, that movement is so useful for popping over the lines, just harassing enemies, uh, capturing objectives because it's harder to hit on a bow. Um, so you just they're going to be really too tricky. I think ideally I'd probably want to put a couple more or maybe just one more um, in. And that's something, you know, you could potentially swap some Dunland Wildman out, to be completely honest. But then you'd lose you'd lose your numbers and you'd be sort of looking at uh, around 20, 26 models, I think, for the army. If I dropped four Wildman of Dunland, I'd only have... Uh, and 
and added a Quibane. I'd have two Quibane, so it put me down to 27 models in total, which actually at 600 points isn't bad. But either way, that's that's what I've got. So that's the army. Um, I've got 30 models. I've got two bows, crossbows, of course. Uh, three heroes, one with strike, um, uh, two with three attacks, and one with a staff of power and a huge, a huge stand fast range, which affects the heroes. So actually, it's quite good. Um, and the army bonus, I do get that. Of course, it's a green. Uh, it's not. It's not even an, uh, an alliance. It's just an army. So you get the the Urukai bonus, which is. 66% um, of the army uh, once you've uh, they don't have to basically you don't take broken until you've lost 66% of your Isengard warriors but and those Dunland people however will be taking that uh, courage check so so that, that's worth noting that you do start uh, checking for those guys but you know that's only 7 warriors and let's be honest who's going to die first Dun- 5 Dunland wild men or a load of Urukai I think it's probably going to be the wild men so they're probably not going to be taking any tests so there's that and also I get woodland creature on the Malher and his scouts so that's quite good so that's the army that's the 600 points um, coming up later I'll be pitting that up against a few different people's army lists for 600 points I've been issuing challenges to my patrons here on uh, the Battle Games in Middle Earth. So, um, essentially, what what I've done is uh, I've got the Patreon channel. Um, if you haven't heard of Patreon, Patreon is basically sort of a kind of a crowdfunding type thing where where people think, oh, you know what, I like this, I'm going to chip in, and I set this up so that um, people, if they want to, they can chip in and a encourage me to carry on doing it, um, and b just to subsidise the the sort of hosting costs on uh, on the thing. So once you get past a certain number of episodes, it starts costing you money to host the podcast, and and um, and I thought, you know, people have been really kind and generous to me in the past about about this sort of thing. So they, you know, I thought, oh well, if you want to chip in uh, to the hosting, that's the way to do it, and um, people have been really kind. So as a reward um of sorts uh, or you could say as a punishment uh, i've i've asked some of my patrons some of the people who support me on the uh, on the, the patreon um to to come up with 600 points of their own stuff we'll be talking to them later hearing their uh, their army lists and basically a bit about the tactics uh, behind the list and i'm going to be saying how i would beat them um, if I uh, tried to play against them in a random scenario and hey, they would beat me in a random scenario um, and then hopefully you at home can decide who will uh, who will reign supreme if it actually came to putting them down on the table so that's the plan and um, so uh, yeah that'll be happening in a short while if you're interested in doing that and uh, joining in and ha- being a patron and, and being on maybe in a, a future episode go on to patreon.com slash battlegames in middle earth and um, just mention when you sign up i want to be involved in the podcast and i'll uh, i'll get you involved so um that's the that's the game we'll we'll be hearing more about that we'll be going on that adventure uh, in uh, the ether uh, later on in the program but first riddles of the dark Yes, it's time for Riddles in the Dark, which is, of course, the bit where I play a small piece of audio from the Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit films, of course. And I ask you to just tell me, pretty simple, who speaks next in the clip. Now, it's sometimes very easy. It's sometimes very tricky. I think this time it's fair to say it's very difficult. 
So, uh, this was the clip from last week. Yeah, it, it was short. It was short. That's that's pretty clear. Um, it's a difficult one. Even Dan Broxholm, who gets in touch every episode, um, pretty much, I think, and gets it right usually, finds it difficult. So here, let's have a look at some of the responses of who, people who've been in touch about this. Uh, Dan Broxholm says, That is just nasty. Lol. Need some time for this meaty slugfest of a riddle. And that's all he's got. Uh, that, so, Dan, I guess no success from you, because uh, you sent that mm, a good few weeks ago now. Uh, who else has been in touch? We've got uh, Hamish Gentles. Thank you very much for getting in touch. Hamish, uh, you've got, uh, you say, a quick message first. Thank you for, for the painting fuel during lockdown. I see a theme. Here is the next riddle. Uh, here is the next riddle going to be in Ah, yes, yes, yes. I won't reveal uh, more until we get the uh, The uh, episode riddle is... Ooh, now, you've got the right scene, Hamish. You've got the right scene. Sadly, it's not the right person. Um, you think it is uh, Aragorn saying, Legolas, get them up. Hmm, it is not. It is not that. Uh, I hope it's not that. Uh, let's see what else. Um... Let's see who it is. Uh, we've got... Uh, this is from Joe. Uh, Joe says, uh, Hi, I'm going to say that ha- uh, that Sam speaks next. As soon as I heard the music, I thought of Sam at the bottom of the stairs at Minis Morgul, where he finds the crumbs from the Lembas that Gollum dropped. Uh, I'm down in my basement folding cloths from the laundry while listening to your podcast. It's keeping me focused. Thanks, Joe. Um, in fact, we'll hear from Joe later on in the podcast in full. Sadly, Joe, you're not correct. Uh, I'm, I'm, t- I'm starting to think I might have to uh, pass this riddle on to the next episode, or maybe actually, you know, because it's so hard. I'm just gonna, uh, I'm just gonna reveal the answer in a second. Let's see if we've got any other messages. I know we have some more messages. Not sure they're all about riddle in the dark, though. Let's have a look. We've got, uh, we've got a message from. Uh, who's this? This is this is from John Becker or Baker B A E C K E R. He says, um, "Oh yes, yeah. This is about um, uh, this is about uh, painting. Uh, basically, he's he's been uh, getting in touch about uh, some of the palette cleansing I was speaking about in the last episode where I've been painting some 40k. Um, and he says, uh, "You got the right idea. Uh, 40k is a good palette cleanser from painting Lord of the Rings." Um, and I sort of messaged him back saying, uh, yes, I totally agree. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good point. And I think, John, uh, thanks very much for just getting in touch on Facebook there. Um, it, it's true because sometimes I think it's the type of uh, miniatures we have, isn't it? And uh, sometimes you, if, you, if you're if you in a sort of role of painting up stuff for um, for events or whatever, you kind of look, uh, you, you're on that treadmill, as it were. And I love keeping a fresh army on the go so that I can use something new for each episode and uh yeah i i guess i guess it's nice to have gone you know what i really like necrons i really like the 40k i grew up on um on 40k and uh, the that world although i really dislike the game uh, I, you never know the new edition might be good but uh, although i really dislike the game i do still love that world so um there you go uh yeah so john been in touch thanks very much i'm, I'm always happy to throw in any old comment during this riddle in the dark uh comments uh, it's kind of a listener comment section isn't it uh so finally uh, shout out for ben 
Anthony Gonzalez. Um, he uh, he was. I've been talking to him about being on the podcast. He's one of the patrons. Uh, we're going to be talked to later or patrons. I think. Um, he said he would have absolutely loved to be on, but said he's too shy to get involved. So uh, Benny, big shout out for you. Uh, thank you very much for your support on Patreon. And that's the end of the riddles in the dark segment. Sadly, uh, I think it must have been just a little bit too hard. So. With that in mind, this is the full clip and who speaks next in this episode's Riddle in the Dark, or last episode's Riddle in the Dark, I should say. Give them a moment, for pity's sake. By nightfall, these hills will be swarming with orcs. We must reach the woods of Lothlorien. Absolutely, it is. Give them a moment, for pity's sake. This is uh, this is probably my the most quoted thing in my household. Um, uh, my uh, well, sort of adapted quote anyway. Um, anytime my uh, my girlfriend asks me to do something, um, I I sort of say, "Give me a moment, for pity's sake," uh, just so that I can uh, I can quote Lord of the Rings and diffuse the uh, the situation about getting uh, having to do the dishes or whatever. And it's oft quoted in the household, so I just had to get it onto the podcast at some point I realise it is a difficult one and if I'd included it too much of the sentence beforehand it would have been more obvious but I mean very well done to um, uh, I think it was Hamish wasn't it who got the scene correct that was very very well done I'm, I'm really very impressed about that um, but yeah you're, 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 quite, uh, you're quite right it's, uh, it's, it's a tricky one it's a tricky one but thanks very much for getting in touch uh, on entmootpodcast at gmail.com and of course you can message me on Facebook as well now for this week's Riddle in the Dark Emotional, I know, uh, but take another listen and see if you can work out who speaks next and, of course, what they say. There you go. So that is the episode's riddle in the dark. So for episode uh, 25, we'll have the answer. Episode 25, quite a milestone, I I might say, uh, if I might say. Uh, If you think you know the answer to the riddle in the dark, then just get in touch endmootpodcast at gmail.com or you can uh, you can send a message in on the old Facebook uh, just find me on Battle Games in Middle Earth on Facebook uh, and on YouTube and all that other gubbins so there we go, that is Riddle in the Dark which means it's very much time to have a bit of a battle now it's uh, it's obviously it's going to be a tricky situation at the moment. No tournament still uh, active. Um, if you're listening back to this in a few months' time, then wow, wasn't wasn't that an unusual time? Um, but if you're listening now uh, or relatively close to lockdown, then uh, then you'll know exactly what's happening. So here we go. Let's do a bit of a weird one. We've got the 600 point army from earlier, which I'll rerun through in a few seconds' time. But I'm going to go and talk to a few of my patron supporters on Patreon, and we're going to find out whether their armies are better than mine and have a bit of a duel of wits, and it's up to you to decide uh, which one comes out on top at the end of the episode. Right, let's go on an adventure. Here, Mr Robo, where are you off to? Don't stop, I'm already late. Late for what? I'm going on an adventure! So, I'm now with Reiner Mikkola. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, from Finland. Um, so one of the, the Patreons, uh, supporters of the podcast and of the YouTube channel. Hello. Hey, Harry. 
how are you doing, uh, first of all, um, with, with the lockdown and the, the, the way that it, it's affecting um, gaming and all that sort of stuff? Have you managed to do a great deal? Uh, it's actually been pretty cool. Um, my queue of unpainted models is almost gone. So that's a positive thing, isn't it? Wow. Uh, I know that it's been, the situation has been different in all other parts of the world, but here it wasn't too strict, the restrictions. So I've been able to play as well. So not a complete lack of hobby during the time. So it's, it's nice. Oh, that sounds fantastic. And, and let's just get a bit of background about you, because um, I don't know how long you've been playing the game, um, and I know you've, you've sort of been a follower of the podcast since it started. Just just give me an idea. Are you new to the game generally, or are you sort of uh, been around since the start? No, I'm new to the war gaming in general. I, I think I started in... I bought my first tabletop games game things uh, in 2018 it was the soul wars box for the age of sigmar but then uh i during the same time uh, i went to buy some some paints and stuff for the box and i i saw the Pelennor fields box and i decided the lord of the rings is much more like something i'm interested in and i bought that and it turned out to be a good decision, but also, if you ask my girlfriend, not so good decisions because we have there's one room full of models now, and uh, if only she knew how much I've spent money on on the on the figures, but don't tell her. <laughs> yeah, I think we've all had that position with uh, our, our significant others. Just uh, the, the the quizzical looks on their faces as they understand how much uh, a Cribane model or or whatever it else costs from Forge World or something similar, um, or even just like you say the plastic box sets. But so so with you being new, um, have you managed to play a great deal um, of sort of competitive or or non competitive, even just friendly games? Um, I'm not super competitive. Uh, I've been to a few tournaments whenever there's a tournament we don't have such a thriving tournament scene here in finland as you do in in britain but uh, i i go whenever there's a tournament but it's always the same group of guys coming from all over finland so it's more or less i know all the people they are friendly games and uh, so i i play friendly games with the guys outside tournaments as well so it's kind of different but uh, I played I'm in a lucky position that one of my friends lives quite nearby and I'm able to play at my house so I I play almost every week but it doesn't make me a pro anyway but uh, at least I Well, it sounds good though. I like the I like the sense that uh, it appears to be quite a friendly community, and that's that's almost it. It's, it's almost better that, that it's a, a friendly community of the same sort of people, and you can you can meet up with your group of friends and, and play a game that you enjoy. So, um, on to uh, the idea of the podcast. So, I, I've given you a challenge. I've I've told you off uh, off the um, offline that you've got to come up with a six hundred point army, and, and it's got to be able to beat my army. That's that's the the aim. You have no idea what uh, my army was until I've just sent you it uh, just now. 
now. So uh, just a reminder for people listening, Saruman with a horse, uh, six Urukai with pike, six Urukai with shields, an Uruk with a banner and a shield, Mauher, three Marauders with shield, two Uruks with crossbow, a pike, a shield, Gorolf Ironskin, that uh, Dunland hero we spoke about earlier, five Wildmen of Dunland, a Dunland warrior, and some Crebane. So 30 models, uh, three heroes, one of which, of course, is Sauron. So big, uh, Sauron, Saruman, uh, who's a big chunk of that. So... Um, First of all, you had no idea um, what you were going to be potentially coming up against, uh, in air quotes. Um, what do you think of my army, first of all? Well, I was. when you hear about my list, you understand why I was more afraid of uh, terror-causing armies and uh, shooting armies. But uh, I think uh, I've I played something similar. I don't have anything to, to counter your magic, but uh, we'll see. Like we'll see. Okay, well, well, re- reveal all then, uh, Rhino. What, what have you, what have you uh, come up with for six hundred points? Well, I went for my trusty old uh, serpent horde and added some Farharat to it. So I have, as an army leader, I have Suladan with the armored horse, and he is leading seven Haradrim warriors with bows, and also four Haradrim warriors with spears and three serpent guard. And then three serpent riders. Then I have a there's a second warband led by Mahut King with with the camel, shield and a war spear. And he his his friends are eight Mahut riders with war spears, uh, one Mahut rider with banner and three half trolls. And that's quite a warband. <laughs> and the math. Uh, I I kind of had to play around with the with the numbers, but I came. It's just uh, six hundred points. Okay, so it's two so it's two warbands, but um, as I said, that second warband is pretty pretty strong as a as a hitting hitting force, isn't it? And um, how many models is that, and how much might have you got? Just to clarify, uh, it's thirty one models, and uh, I think I have five might. So might is gonna be problem, mm. and. Uh, the fact that if Mahut King dies, the, I lose the well. The army bonus doesn't work anymore, and I don't get my my courage is then going to be the problem. And uh, but with the Mahut King there, the others. That's why I was scared of the uh, terror causing armies because of the courage too. But now, since you don't have any terror causing models, it shouldn't be a problem. Okay, okay. So we've we've both revealed our armies. Um, I'll, we'll start with you, Rhino. What, what do you think your tactic going into this? Um, I'm going to randomly draw a, a scenario out of the book. Um, so I'm going to just roll a dice, if I can find a dice somewhere here. Um, I've got one somewhere, I think. Um, I'll roll it off the, uh, uh, off the thing, and, and then hopefully we'll see what scenario it is, and then see who might have an advantage here. So uh, I've rolled the dice... And it's come up with fog of war. I think it isn't. What's the, the, what, it's uh, yes, that's it. Yeah, fog of war. So it's the um, so this is the scenario where you've got uh, to assassinate a hero, find a piece of terrain, and um, uh, uh, get into what's the other the other thing. Uh, it's something along those lines. I, I've, I've lost the page now. But that's the the general gist. So we've got to assassinate a hero, protect a hero, and capture a piece of terrain in in the game we're going to play against. If that's the mission, I'm 
you know, with Saruman and Malher and uh, Gorolf Ironskin, what sort of strategy do you think you'd employ? Who would you try and kill? Who would you try and protect? All that sort of stuff. Um, I think the obvious choice, well, obvi I don't know about the obvious, but for me, I think I would choose Malhur or Wildman of Dun uh, No, no, it's, it, yeah, I think it would be Malhur mm. since Gorolf would be incredibly hard to kill in a combat. And uh, and I don't with with the fog of war. Yeah, yeah, because you 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 cannot choose Mahut King because you cannot choose Suladan, and uh, yeah, I think I'd definitely be going. Gor Gor Gorolf is harder to kill in combat. I I could probably try to shoot shoot Mahur a little bit and then hope hope the camels. Finish him. So that so that's what you choose. How, so you, you, you would you be relatively defensive in this one because you've definitely got the bow advantage. How how do you think you'd play it out? Well, I've actually played this kind of a list before. Uh, what I did then and it worked quite quite well was that uh, I have a bowline in front and then the spears supporting, but I leave the the gap for the the camels to to ride through for your charging model. So. Since I only have five five might, uh, I priority is I have to play so that uh, I don't depend on priority and and uh, heroic moves. So then you'd have to charge my my bowline and then hopefully I could run from run the camels from behind behind my line and kill a kill a few guys to to free up my my bowline again. Uh, I see. So, so you'd leave sort of gaps so that they can poke through with their, those impact hits and and all that sort of yeah. stuff, and hopefully disrupt any charge. I think that 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 seems like a solid solid uh, tactic. I think the only way I'd probably do this, I've got I've got to be um, ever so slightly careful of the number of bows. I think was it seven bows seven you had in total. Yeah, so so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to get stuck in um, at some point, aren't I? Otherwise, I'm gonna lose the shooting war. I mean, I've got two crossbows, which could do some damage against your Harad, but not enough realistically to 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 bring you towards me. So I think I'm gonna be probably marching forward in some way. Maybe maybe actually doing a heroic march. I've got a lot of might, um, and then I think I'm gonna be trying to immobilize or even potentially pull forward um, your your king. I'd probably keep that sort of quiet for a couple of turns, and then I'd try and command um, your king forward, and then pounce on him with a crabane, and maybe some, uh, if depending on the space, maybe Malher and some marauders. So that would be my, my strategy, because I know the... Um, Mahud King, as you say, I'd probably definitely choose him for assassinating. I'd probably try and protect Gorolf Ironskin. Um, so I'd try and command your guy forward, hopefully isolate him, and immobilise him, surround him with uh, a couple of marauders and a, 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 a crabane, which are just really annoying to kill and hopefully um that would do the do enough damage before before everything else got stuck in of course um, the best laid plans uh, often often go wrong but i think i i'd like i'd like to like to give that a go i'm i'm and because you've got relatively soft um targets in terms of uh, combats like your your haradrim with the spears and so on i th feel like i could get stuck in there with the uruks and not be too worried about it we're similar on numbers um i just need to be very careful of how much damage those um uh, those impaler hits are going to do and and so on so so that's the idea um we'll s i don't know what you uh, what you think of my strategy does that sound like a sensible one or not yeah cuz obviously 
if if I don't get the impact hits going, and you get you can stop my camels, then I'm in trouble. I well, I mean I have three trolls, the half trolls. Oh yeah, I forgot about which that. are which are okay, uh, and they they can kill your kill your Uruks, But uh, other than that, uh, I mean, so, so Harad Dream warriors, they're gonna if they lose combats, they're gonna go down. I think I'd try and avoid those trolls uh, like the plague. It, they, they, I think they are probably going to be the the hardest thing to beat because the camels. I can, I feel like I've got enough might to be able to heroic move and avoid being impaled too often by them. Obviously, we'd have a couple of roll offs here and there, but and and I can't be too. I, I've got to be a, a bit afraid of Suladan because he's he's a he's a pretty powerful hero, but. Yeah, I think the trolls are going to be the big thing because they're going to smash through my Uruks um, much more easily than anything else. So I'd got to be really careful of them. But either way, right, so that, that's, that's the armies. Um, that's the, the strategy. Um, what do you think, uh, listening at home, what do you think? Which army do you think is going to be triumphant in this, this imagined scenario? Sadly, Reiner and I can't actually um, get together and play, uh, play this out. Maybe, maybe in, a, in a, future, uh, a future scenario at some point. I don't know whether you're planning on coming over to the UK for any tournaments ever, but it would be amazing to, to actually play this out in real life. Either way, um, uh, what do you think at home? Get in touch with the, the podcast, entmootpodcast at gmail.com is the email address or comment on Facebook. I'll put up the, uh, the matchups on Facebook and hopefully spark a debate. Um, but Reiner, thank you very much for uh, coming on the podcast and, um, and thanks for getting into the spirit of things and, and coming up with an army list. No, thanks, thanks for having me. This was a bit of a fanboy moment for me to, to be part of it. So thanks. Well, uh, it's a pleasure and thank you very much for the support on Patreon and uh, everything else you do, uh, getting in touch and emailing and commenting on various different things. Reiner, thank you very much. All right, cheers. So thanks again to Reiner for getting involved in the podcast. Uh, Who do you think would win in a battle then, in that pitch battle? Who do you think it'd be? Get in touch, entmootpodcast at gmail.com. Now, on to the second of these Patreon interviews. It's Jono. Welcome along to the podcast, uh, Jono. Um, thanks for agreeing to do this this unusual experiment over the internet. First of all, I want to ask you a little bit about yourself, about your gaming history. Um, where did it all begin for you and uh, how long have you been playing SBG? Well, uh, well, thanks for having me. And um, so I'm, I started with the magazines like uh, a, lot of, a lot of other people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then um, I just sort of, well, I fell out of it. Um, didn't really do it after going to university and things for quite a lot of time and then uh, back in 2017 um, I just I picked up a Bilbo model I was feeling quite stressed and stuff so I thought maybe that's a good way to sort of uh, relax a bit Um, and sort of did it on and off really since then Um, mainly playing a lot of battle companies with a few other people in the sort of surrounding area Um, yeah, haven't really played much of proper like armies. Um, definitely haven't played any tournaments or anything like that. Oh, that's interesting though. Um, I like the idea that you've. I mean, I think everyone comes back to the uh, the hobby after a brief uh, period at university. Uh, I don't know anyone who doesn't have a a little blip in uh, in a university time if they go off to uni. Um, but it's interesting you chose it as sort of almost a relaxation method. Is that um, have do you find the painting and the the whole process of that quite uh, satisfying? Then yeah, I mean to be honest, I suffer quite a lot from anxiety and I've had depression and things, and it's just a way that's just helps me get out of my head um, and just sort of stop focusing on other things. So I can just focus on painting the models. Um, and yeah, I find it does it does work quite a lot. 
I find that sometimes having something that you can see from um, a, a sort of a position of uh, not being completely started or anything, you know, it's, it's brand new, and then you see it all the way through to completion, like painting a model, it gives you a real sense of satisfaction that I, I think we're kind of missing in this day and age. You know, you know we all scroll on and Facebook and Instagram, and it just goes on forever and ever and ever without without ever stopping. And and the same with the the news, it just goes on forever and ever. You know, it's twenty four seven. So I guess there's something about having a toy soldier that you're painting that it's very satisfying because you've finished it's a defined thing yeah and it's it just really focuses me when i'm doing it because you can't do anything else really i mean you can listen to things and that but you can't do anything like i don't know read a magazine and watch tv for instance um so yeah it really focuses me down to just concentrating on painting or something and how did you discover the the podcast then? I mean, you mentioned you know you don't use uh, go to tournaments a lot. Was this a a way of um, a, a, a way of kind of I don't know uh, experiencing podcast uh, uh, tournaments? Um, so I started watching your YouTube videos. Um, I can't remember which one it was. It might have been the Urukai one, the uh, Urukai captain that you painted up. Mm. Um, so I was just trying to get back into it that way, um, and. Yeah, and then I, I really liked what you were doing with that, so I kept watching you, and then found out you were doing a podcast as well. Oh, fab, fab! Uh, well, brilliant. I'm glad to uh, glad to have helped in some way, shape, or form. And now I'm yeah, going to punish you by um, by thrashing your army in a virtual way uh, over the internet. <laughs> so, so uh, uh, as we've explained already in the podcast, um, I'm going to pitch my army up against uh, yours. Now, I've just sent you the the army list, so you're seeing this for the first time. And um, of course, uh, everyone listening has heard has heard the army already playing up against. Uh, uh, Reiner's army but um, first of all um, when you see this army list that I've just uh, sent in the message uh, with Saruman and the Urukai and uh, Mauher and Gorolf the um, Dunland, um, Dunland hero what did you think of it? Uh, do, does it does it seem like the kind of army that, that you'd you'd face up against usually? Um, I think it's, oh, I've just noticed Saruman at the top there um, <laughs> I think I'm going to get hurt a bit by the magic potentially of Saruman because my army doesn't really uh I don't think he's going to do very well against that. Mm. Um, Maher as well. Is that how you say his name? Yeah. He's, um, yeah, I've, I've been up against him before. He's pretty tasty. Um, but oh. the rest, um, yeah, I feel, yeah, like I could probably take the rest of them. Interesting, interesting. <laughs> okay, well, well, um, John, just just give us a complete rundown of your list from points and um, and who's included in your army, and then uh, we'll have a bit of a chat about what we think each of us would actually do to try and face up against them. And I'll randomly assign as a scenario as well in a second. But first, what's your army list? Um, so I've themed it around um, Boromir's um, goodbye, farewell to. Uh, to Gondor and as he goes off to the Council of Elrond because um, I love Boromir and more importantly I love Sean Bean yeah yeah, who does um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I've gone with Boromir of Gondor um, with a horse and shield so he's 95 plus 10 and 5 and then um, I've got Faramir Captain of Gondor with a bow so he's 85 altogether um, and then I thought I'd throw Denethor into the mix um, because, you know, Sean Bean doesn't really survive. So I thought maybe Denethor might help that situation out. Sure. By killing him off a bit quicker. Um, so he's 35 points. Um, right. And then I've got eight Osgiliath veterans, uh, all with shields. Uh, eight Rangers of Gondor, all with bows. 
four guards of the fountain court, mm-hmm. uh, five knights of Minas Tirith, all with shields, and then 12 warriors of Minas Tirith. So uh, we've got one banner in there, three bows, three spears, and then nine with shield. So the sword and spear have got shields, basically. Mm, interesting. And, and how are they all sort of um, scattered into the different um, uh, uh, war bands? Are they uh, are, are you keeping most of the knights all in with one person, or how's that? How's it all working? Yep. So I've got um, Faramir leading his eight rangers, and then I've got Denethor with four guard of the fountain court. And then he's taking uh, 15, no, sorry, 13 warriors of Minas Tirith. And then Boromir is leading the eight Osgiliath veterans, five knights, and one warrior of Minas Tirith. I think that's right. Okay, it sounds like you might have a, too, a few too many in the um, Denethor warband, but that's absolutely fine. We'll we'll shimmy them around into another warband if there isn't room, because it's, it sounds like I can't remember what his army list is. But either way, that's a lot of guys. It, have you got a total? How is it? Some of the, like, it must be four, um, thirty-five plus or something like that. Is it? So it's forty altogether, and then it's um, forty-five um, with the Boromir, Faramir, and Denethor leading. Oh wow! Okay, so this is this is quite a horde actually at this uh, this points level. Um, All right. Okay. So six hundred points, and you can very much easily get a, a, a this this many models in a minister of army, and sometimes they can be really powerful. So um, you've seen my army. Um, what would you do if I? Well, let's roll the dice. I need to work out what our uh, uh, scenario we're doing. I don't know how well um, familiar you are with the scenarios, but I'm going to roll the dice. I've got a two, which means it's the hold objective scenarios, and then. A five, which is breakthrough. I don't know whether you've played played the new scenario breakthrough, but uh, no, um, I haven't actually. Well, I'll just give you a quick um, quick idea of. I'm just leafing through the book, and um, this is basically there are four objectives uh, in the middle of the board, sort of equidistant um, from the centre, so that it's sort of if you imagine a diamond as you look at it uh, of objectives, there's four of them, and um, one on the um, directly in the centre, but slightly back. Uh, on your opponent's side and the same on your side and then one um, on two on the centre line and basically get more points for uh, being on the objective that your opponent uh, in your opponent's half and slightly less for the one on your half and then slightly in the middle for the two in the middle so this is an objective grabbing game basically so with that in mind um, how would you try and take on my uh, my Saruman and various different Urukai. Have you got a plan that you know quickly conjured up in your head based on that? So I think I'd probably send Faramir and his rangers after Saruman because, as I said, Boromir's not going to be great at um, any magic because he hasn't got any will. Yeah, no will at all is really going to be painful in this one, isn't it? Yeah. So I think taking him out is going to be a priority. So if I send Faramir and that warband off to try and do that. Um, Boromir is on horse, so he's can get around quite quickly with his knights as well. Uh, so probably go for the objectives there with him and those guys. Mm. Um, and then sort of follow them all up with Denethor and his warband because they're going to be a bit slower, I think. And I guess they can sort of uh work as a rear guard kind of to 
hold on to those objectives defensively. So are you imagining sort of smashing through with Boromir and uh, the Knights and sort of holding a sort of a front front guard almost maybe in uh, in the oppose uh, my objective as it were, and then yeah. following that up with a big old shield wall of uh, of minister of guys. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what I'd try and do. Yeah, that would be really hard to counter. I think. Um, <laughs> luckily, uh, luckily, I've got some uh, you know quite powerful, strong units like the. I've got a lot of strength four, um, fight four guys with the with the Urukai. But I must say, I think it's difficult in terms of what I would do. I'm definitely going to be firing crossbow shots at Boromir throughout the thing. I mean, I don't think he has. Is he, is he the one who has just one fate or? Um. So I can't remember whether the I think he does just have one fate and six might or something like that because I'm going so to be going. S- oh, sorry, on. six might and one will, uh, no fate. One will, no fate. Okay, I'm absolutely going to be firing crossbows at him. I want to take him off his horse, um, or the, maybe even get a cheeky wound or two because Boromir with six might is going to absolutely wreck my Urukai line. So um, that's going to be my main my main priority, and I'm going to hide Saruman behind behind that um, line of uh, that big pike block that I'll have with my sort of uh, seven pikes. I'm going to probably send Mauher and some marauders. Um, over one, what probably to the left or to the right, uh, to try and capture one of those objectives. But actually, here my my primary objective is going to be blunt to, to to blunt your kind of charge, stop you getting mine, maybe get one of the objectives on the end, and then send over at some point, um, maybe not early on, but at some point late in the game, I'm going to send my Crabane, the, the the little flying nasty of annoyingness. Um, I'm going to send him flying over the battle lines and try and grab that objective at the back and and just hopefully. Uh, hold it at the the right at the the last minute and um, and hopefully by that point you'll be too tied up with um, dealing with uh, a, basically an Uruk Pike block um, to actually be able to capture the objective and and stop that Crabane from doing anything. That that's the idea. But yeah, definitely as soon as I can take Boromir out, the better. I've only got two shots of the crossbows, but hopefully if I'm smart and uh, and if you're not smart <laughs> in the way you use Boromir, then hopefully that'll work. But it's going to be tricky because it depends if those knights charge into me and and Boromir and um, supporting them. They're going to really, really kill, uh, kill some stuff. So I'm probably going to attempt to block a really uh, use some, some scenery of some kind and and anchor myself in a gap and and have pikes, uh, you know, lining up so that I can use those, you know, the three supporting, uh, the, sorry, the one guy at the front and two supporting to really blunt that charge. And hopefully, with the fight for a couple of pikes, I've got three dice against your two. I'd be able to take a few of those knights out and uh, maybe even start getting some traps with the uh, with the faster moving Urukai and Mauhurst band. But it's going to be a tricky one. It's going to be a tricky one. Um, have you have you had a chance to use your army that you've uh, you've written up here before, or is this a relatively no, new no. one for you? So I don't um, actually own all the models in that, but the um, yeah, I mean, basing it around Boromir on horse and Faramir, um, like Ranger version of him. They were, I think, they were like the first two models that I bought, um, like outside of the magazine. So I really like liked those and wanted to sort of theme everything around it. Um, Denethor. Uh, is not a <laughs> brilliant character, but I was going for more of the fluff, to be honest. No, I I can see that, and it is a lovely, uh, a lovely thought for for the uh, the army list. I, I really like the idea of using theme in this way, and and I'm guessing if you're uh, you've you played a lot of battle companies, you probably are very much more about the the fluff than the uh, the, the the competitive gaming um, a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you are you buying a chance a painter more than a gamer? Um. I'm sort of off and on on both of them, to be honest. Um, I, yeah, I, 
yeah, I probably enjoy the painting side of it a little bit more. Um, but that's just having time to play, really, um, getting everyone in, in a room together and being able to play with them as well. Is, well, uh, can be quite difficult, but... Yeah, yeah, certainly. And, and all, uh, to be fair, now uh, harder than ever before. So, um, yeah. well, well, Jono, um, thanks very much for submitting the list and, and coming on for the challenge. What do you think at home? Um, do you think Jono's 40-strong um, Minas Tirith army at 600 points, which is quite a, quite a sizable uh, army and um, with lots of high defence models as well, um, can be tricky. Um, do you think that will be able to beat uh, beat my, my Saruman um, and Isengard horde? Get in touch. Entmook podcast at gmail.com and uh, we'll be able to find out in the next episode um, what the general consensus was for both of these things Jono thank you very much for coming on and talking to me it's been an absolute pleasure to have you brilliant thanks for thanks for having me yeah it's been really good great thank you thanks Thanks to Jono there. Excellent uh, chat with him and thanks for your support again, Jono. Much appreciated. And everyone else, get in touch uh, if you think Jono would win or if you think I would win. Get in touch. Let me know. Let me know what you think of uh, our army list. It'd be great to have an appraisal. Entmootpodcast at gmail.com. Now, on to uh, a, a sort of an almost a celebrity in his own right. Uh, this is very exciting. We've got uh, a, a member of the Drawn Combat blog. Let's have a chat with Dan. So, welcome to the podcast, Dan, Dan Slob, um, uh, thank you very much for getting uh, getting involved in this this sort of unusual virtual challenge, Dan. Hi, Harry. It's it's good to be here. Thank you, thank you. So, um, first of all, um, I've, I've been asking people a little bit about their their background and um, how they got into the game. Dan, some people will know you as being um, part of the the Drawn Combat blog team. And um, first of all, how did you get involved in SBG, and how did that turn into uh, the blog? Um, right, so I've been playing uh, miniatures games for quite a while now. Uh, I've been big into a game called X-Wing for about five years, but after five years I've been getting a little bit bored. So um, a good friend of mine, Johnny Wright, who uh, owns Rebel Base Gaming, um, offered me a demo of SBG and I was instantly hooked. Um, we uh, I started a Battle Companies campaign with some friends at Element Games and uh, we've all just grown more and more into it from there. That was last February. So yeah, just over a year now. All right, okay. So you're relatively fresh to it, and and it's odd for uh, for someone so fresh at the game. Well, not maybe not odd because I, I kind of did it myself, but to get straight into writing about it and blogging about it and getting involved in it and a whole team of people writing blogs. How did that work out? Yeah. So basically, um, the blog started because um, I had a baby in June, um, who is a ter- congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> she is a terrible, terrible sleeper, or rather, she was a terrible sleeper. So. Um, I was up basically all night with her and um, writing the blog basically just gave me a, a bit of a, an outlet, you know, to be creative and to keep me awake. Um, the other members of the Drawn Combat team um, are the people that I started the um, the Battle Companies campaign with. And we've sort of grad- gradually grown uh, as a team as the as time's gone on, a few more people entering it. And um, yeah, it, I, I think it's going really well at the moment. Oh, fantastic. Well, I, I'd highly recommend it if people haven't um, haven't checked it out. Just search John Combat Blog or have a look for it on the Great Great British Hobbit League. There's sure to be a link dropped in there at some point if you search uh, hard enough for it. Now on to the challenge, the the virtual tournament that we're kind of running. And um, I've I've not long sent you the list. Um, my uh, my Saruman army uh, with a few pikes, um, co- a couple of Uruk, uh, marauders, the uh, the scouts with with extra movement, some crossbows, uh, Gorulf. Um, the uh, fantastic Dunland hero with his wild men uh, contingent, including a Crabane. Um, 
you've just you've just basically just encountered it. What's your army? Um, uh, we'll run through that in a second. What's your army, and how will you counter this? So, uh, let, first of all, Dan, um, what army have you conjured up? Uh, so, I've gone for a green alliance between the army of Thraw and the Iron Hills. Um, so that consists of Thraw, and accompanying him are fifteen guardians of the king. So <laughs> they are they are grim hammers with the plus one strength upgrade, yeah. um, and they are allied with Dane uh, on his pig. And seven goat riders. Ooh, I wasn't expecting that. Now, that is interesting. Um, so you've got, what, 24, 25 models, something like that? 20, 24 models, yeah. 24 right. models. Um, seven of them are goat riders. And uh, Dane, and so you've got some big hitters there. 15, 15 Guardians of the King. So these are the, uh, the, the yeah, they, they've got the throwing axes. They're strength four. Ooh, that's that's tough. That's tough. Okay. Um, I was actually expecting more spearmen from the uh, Iron Hills. That's interesting. Okay, um, so... You've you've had had a chance to have a look at my list. Um, everyone listening has has already heard this a couple of times now. So, how would you counter this list if uh, playing a certain scenario? Now, I'm going to roll roll the dice to see what the scenario is going to be. So, I've got a three. Which uh, looking through the the big pool book, so it's a scenario object scenario. Uh, and a four, which is destroy the supplies. Now I haven't I haven't played this one at all. I don't think. Uh, so this is an interesting one. I don't know whether you've got the book uh, nearby. I'm just trying to find. I do. Yeah. Uh, destroy the supplies is the one with six objectives, and basically you've got to um, spend a turn destroying each of the objectives, and uh, you get two points for destroying an enemy supply marker, one point for wounded leader, one point for broken, and two and, uh, for the banners and things like that. So. Generally, it's it's actually a mixed objective game. This is going to be interesting. Dan, how would you use your um, relatively small army, um, although with a great deal of mobility with the um, uh, with the goats, to try and take on my thirty strong Uruk horde? Right. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I think this is a, a tricky scenario for dwarves because anything that involves getting across to the other side of the board is uh, they're always at a bit of a disadvantage. Um, luckily, like I say, I've got those those seven goats. So I think I would, uh, depending on how your deployment went, I think I would try and send them up one flank to one objective while distracting your main battle line with the uh, with the Grimhammers. Um, I'm a little bit worried about Saruman. I've I've faced him before, um, and he's a pretty good caster. Um, I think uh, this army's main weakness is magic. So he would be a, a tricky one. I'd want to try and uh, get get into combat as quickly as possible to reduce the amount of uh, casting that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's that's going to be the main issue for you, isn't it? Because uh, my my strategy is probably going to be try and isolate. Um, if you were to divide up your two. Um, uh, two warbands. Um, I'm going to try and focus Saruman and um, and the big pipe block on those goats and Dane. The goats are a little squishy. Um, they they hit really hard, but they they can be pretty squishy. So I think what I'd end up trying to do, I'd try and fling Saruman over towards uh, towards that flank if they were going to go down one side, and um, uh, and basically I'd be I'd be casting the uh, the what's it called the sorceress blast. 
um, mm. to try and knock as many goats and ideally knock a goat into Dane, get him off his pig, and then hopefully that will uh, that will severely um, hamper your mobility and uh, and your chance to sort of capitalise on that. I think I I probably try and focus as much of my force on the one side there um, to try and take down the Dane's warband. While Thor and his his gang of hard hard cases are gonna uh, slog up the board, so I think I think you're probably right. Actually, it would depend on how how well I I, I deploy. But I, I think I've because I've got a few quite fast moving guys, uh, only four, but um, also a Crabane. I might be able to pin you in uh, and sort of swing around with those guys and and start uh, getting some traps on the cavalry and def- doing that. But I think actually I, I'd be quite confident in this this scenario against your army because. A small model army is going to be really hard for you to get um, many of these objectives. So I can send off the like the wild men and uh, stuff like that. The the more uh, more um, you know easily killable guys. I could even send all of them to one objective. And then if you're having to commit anyone to that, it's it's a good it's a good thing for me because even though there's only five wild men there, you know that if I destroy that objective. I've got two points in the bag and you're potentially having to send sort of 30 points or something over to kill five wildmen um, who, you know, just to stop them getting objectives. So I think, I think it's going to be a really tricky one for you, but the Crabane could obviously do a cracking job at flying and destroying objectives. So, but it's an interesting one because you could play it fairly defensively um, if you were, if you were thinking carefully, because you, all you need to do is not let your objectives be destroyed and then then you you know you could be in for a in for a win so so i guess there's there's that element what do you think yeah definitely i think actually um playing defensively would probably be the way to go because you've got so many more models than me it'd be too easy for you to sneak around and start Mm. uh, knocking off objectives with that crepane especially um would be really really difficult to deal with so yeah i think going defensively is is definitely the way i'd have to go here yeah, and as you mentioned, the the numbers advantage really works in in my favour because you you're lacking spears, so I could you know slam into you with with a, a line of um, of uruks with a few pikes and things like that, and then swing round with a couple of marauders and things like that, and I could could get all those traps and the spears supporting the traps. It it, it you know although you've obviously got high defence with I think it's defence seven on the king. They isn't are it? yeah yeah. So it, I've got strength four, so hopefully that's not so bad at, at facing it, but. Hey, it's definitely not an easy, easy matchup. Taking down Thor and Dane are going to be incredibly difficult, but that mm. hopefully that's where Saruman, uh, Saruman will come in. And because I've got such a large threat range with Saruman, the eighteen-inch magic and um, and the horse, of course, as well, um, I think it's going to be really difficult for you to get him because you haven't got any bows or anything either. So it's going to be the job of the goats, I guess, to try and try and get get round and and maybe eventually get him but even that would be quite tricky because it'll leave those goats exposed definitely definitely if uh if saruman strayed too close i could maybe get some throwing axes into his horse mm, at least true. but uh that would really rely on you not playing well rather than me playing well so which yeah. is never never a good thing to rely on <laughs> that's true although to be fair if you're playing against me you can often rely on that <laughs> <laughs> but um the you, you didn't mention which one your leader was was it a thrall uh, yes, it is Thraw. I've found okay. in the past when I've used these guys that Thraw is just so difficult to wound that I at least don't give away um, those victory points. Yeah. yeah, I think that's probably uh, probably a good choice because then you can send send Dane, um, you know, marauding without really uh, too much concern of uh, of defense being too defensive with him. So it's probably a good good method. Uh, yeah, the defense nine, and I think it's what is it a three plus um, fate special rule thing that you keep the fate yeah. if you get on a three on a four or something like that. 
Yeah, that's right. It's the Arkenstone. So he passes fate on a three plus, but if he rolls four or better, then he keeps it. But he has only got one fate. Mm. So as soon as he doesn't roll a four or more, then that's it. It's gone. Yeah, but either way, it's 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 a great rule and a defense nine model that's that's pretty tough to kill because he's you know yeah. he's got the strike and he's got the uh, the might and the uh, you know the, the high fight value and all that sort of stuff. So it's, he's not an easy guy to take down, that's for sure. And in an army where I've only got one striker, who um, to be fair is is a vulnerable one, he's only defense five. So it'd be it'd be an interesting matchup. But I think I'd I'd like to, I think that would be the toughest thing for me is if Thraw and Dana. Are, are, causing havoc at once um I, it'd be very difficult to work out what to do with saruman to which one to immobilize which one to you know play uh, play the magic against so i think i'd i'd want to try and knock dane off his off his pig as soon as possible and and get get him out of the battle uh, ideally and then uh, then yeah. hopefully i'll be free to make a bit more decisions there well there you go that's interesting um so would you th- would you feel confident you know give us a rating out of 10 how, how confident do you think you would be against uh, my auric horde Oh, very low three, maybe. <laughs> really? I, oh, right. I, I think. You obviously yeah, never played some... me before, which is. <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> I think. Yeah. I, no. I think. Um, I think the scenario is is really against me here. Um, but you know, I, I think in a straight up fight might be able to do some damage. Mm. But I'm sure you would not allow a straight up fight. So yeah, uh, I, I th- yeah. I think a fog of war or something like that might be might be a more interesting one where we're trying to assassinate heroes and things like that, or or even just to the death. That that would probably be a, a, a stronger one for me. Uh, sorry for you. Um, to to come out on top but yeah i'd like to think that the crebane and the um the other things are going to help but i think uh, it's it's a, it's a bold decision going for half your army um or a full war band of the the goats um i don't know whether it would have been better with with a few of the uh, iron hills on foot and maybe just a smattering of goats yeah i think you're probably right i just wanted to go for something a little bit different because i find sometimes having used the iron hills for a while that um they can be a bit grindy and that can get a little yeah. bit a little bit boring after a while so Seven goats really mixes it up. Absolutely, yeah, it certainly does. And obviously, they're 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 pretty. They they really land a punch when they when they charge in. So, um, excellent. Right, well, Dan, thank you very much for for coming on the podcast. And um, everyone out there, what do you think? Who do you think has the better chance of winning here? Am I going to get a, a, a three for three, a, th- a three for four? I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Um, get in touch, podcast at gmail dot com, and uh, send in your thoughts of uh, both of our lists and see which one you think will come out on top. Dan, thanks very much again for appearing on the podcast. Uh, it's been a pleasure to talk to you, and thank you very much for supporting on patreon and uh, and just generally listening and and uh, doing what you do in the community as well yeah pleasure's mine harry thanks very much excellent stuff dan from the drawn combat blog there what do you think is his army likely to beat mine uh, in a battle just get in touch and podcast at gmail.com now the final of these patreon interviews is going to be from all the way over the atlantic ocean it's joe Joe, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you for joining me. And you're all the way on the other side of uh, the big Atlantic Ocean. Uh, Joe, just tell me a little bit about yourself, first of all. Uh, where are you based in the world? And how long have you been um, playing SBG or Lord of the Rings strategy battle game? Well, thanks, Harry. It's, it's really good to be here. It's kind of fun to do this here. Um, yeah, I'm actually from, yeah, from New Jersey. And uh, I don't know, it's one of those things where I'm, you know, I played for... Oh, I guess about a year. I went to my uh, my game store. I was really hungry to to get something new, and I saw the, the the thing on the shelf, and it was glowing, and it was this music playing. I couldn't figure out where it was. No one else was hearing it, but I just I picked it up, and and I bought it, and I just brought it home. I've been loving painting miniatures since I was young, and uh, I'm a little bit older now, and um, saw this thing, and it was just really really great. Of course, I didn't realize that 
really nobody around here really plays the game. We got some Warhammer players, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm trying to get the people into SBG. So um, you know, and yeah, I think your 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 channel is really helping with that whole thing, just passing that along to oh. people. And uh, so it's it's and the other ones as well. So and we'll see, we'll see how this goes. I'm really enjoying this. Oh, fantastic! You mentioned uh, you've painted uh, miniatures and played uh, maybe played some games throughout your life. What what sort of things have you dabbled? Well, uh, the big one, I guess, I guess recently is is um, the War of the Ring, but not the Games Workshop one. War of the Ring. It used to be. Uh, well, I think it's by Fantasy Flight, Worthering Second Edition. Mm. Um, so all those miniatures in there, I just had this desire to paint them. I don't know if you're, are you familiar with that game. Uh, I've, I've heard of it, the Fantasy mm-hmm. Flight one. I've not mm-hmm. been able to play of it myself though. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of a gateway game into this game. Um, uh, that's that's the whole thing. When I got into this game, I had see, seen some YouTube videos, and I said I'll never play a game where you have to measure and and all that stuff. And I forget what I was watching, but then I clicked it and I said, that looks like fun. And, and so that's what got me into this from, uh, from that game. So, but yeah, that's, a, I've been painting little miniatures for a long time. Before that, when I was a kid, it was, it was D&D miniatures. Right. So I'm, I'm also, okay. So your background is, is very much D and D and, and, and sort of more board games, I guess then. Uh, so this is a, is this a foray into something new to do sort of tabletop battles as it were? Yes, yes, it was. The big thing with this game was the book. When I saw the book, it looked both, in, both intimidating, the rule book, both intimidating and um, a curiously, um, I don't know, in, enticing. So that's, that's, why, that's why I got into this. I'm sure the guys who designed the books will be really happy that you're enticed by this, even though you were intimidated. That must be that's probably what they were going for. So that's awesome. Yes. Um, so, Joe, um, I've, I've had three players uh, on the podcast so far uh, for my kind of virtual tournament. Um, you're, you, you've said, sort of said you're relatively new to the game, but I've, I've tasked you with a challenge to come up with a 600-point army list um, and to, to face it off against me and so we can have a bit of a debate over which one is better. How did you find that? Uh, if you're new to the game, is it something difficult? Have you been able to do this before? This was really, really challenging for me. But it helped me learn. It really did. Um, actually, I, I, I used uh, a spreadsheet from, um, from, from a page I, uh, I, I go to, I think. What is it? The, um, the Great Britain. Um, yeah, the Great British Hobbit League. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I was able to actually I Googled it. And then sure enough, it brought me to somebody from that page and, and pulled it down. And I was just working with the armies that way, noticing, oh, I can't put these together. I can't put that together. And uh, mm-hmm. it helped me understand, you know, allies and, and who you can put together. Um, but there was one thing that saved me because I really wanted to put a couple things together. And uh, I was able to do that. And I guess if I reveal my uh, what I'm attempting to do as an army to answer yours, um, yeah. I, can, I can let you know. You'll find it out. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. We've we've heard a little bit um, already about um, my army. So I've got mm. Saruman, mm. Um, some Urukai, Mauher, and his fast-moving Urukai scouts, some crossbows, um, and Gorulf, the new Forge World um, uh, Dunland hero with some Wildman of Dunland and a and a flappy bird. Um, so that's the general gist. I've got thirty models in my army. Um, what have you got in yours, Joe? Yikes! Oh man, this is this is scary. <laughs> it really is scary. All right, what? I- what I've got here is uh, I'm, I'm look I'm, I'm using a um, what's it? it's a legendary legion. Oh okay. Yes, yes, and uh, I'm using the Return of the King, and uh, with 600 points that was challenging. 
Mm, that's uh, a lot. That's probably quite a big legendary legion, actually, for this one, is it? I think it's probably good. Well, you can't. I can't put a whole lot uh, in. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, okay. We'll see what yeah. I got. So I've got um, for warband. Uh, my first warband. I've got Aragorn Strider. Sure. With an elven cloak, and of course, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got three warriors of the dead with shield. Okay, and I've got two riders of the dead, and then nice. warband two. I've got uh, the king of the dead. Three warriors of the dead with shield and spear, and four warriors of the dead with shield. Okay, mm-hmm. so he's got a lot there. And then um, Warband 3, I've got the Herald of the Dead with shield and two riders of the dead. And that brings me up to 592 points, about 17 units. Okay, so you're, you're a few points off um, the 600. So that's, that's, uh, that's, but that's, that's not bad. So how, did you say 17 models? Yes, yes, totally, 17. Yeah. Okay, 17 models, but you've got Aragorn, the King of the Dead, and the Herald in there. So that's, that's pretty tricky. Mm. Okay, so um, now I, I realise you're a beginner, but we're gonna, uh, I'm going to roll the dice and we're going to see what scenario we're going to have to play and then we can work out what kind of strategies we might employ. So hold on. Yeah. Right, that's a four. So let me just look at the uh, the book. This is in the um, the the match play guide in the book. So if you haven't got that, apologies. But uh, we're going to roll the dice. So that's pool four. So this is going to kill the enemy. So this is a good one for you probably. And then I roll again, and it's two. And it's Lords of Battle. So have you ever played Lords of Battle? Jim? I have not. Okay, this is a good one for you, I think. Lords of Battle is um, essentially where your army has to, you in, you count, tally up how many wounds your army causes on the opposing uh, opposing army. So heroes uh, also get uh, counted with their fate points as well. So so the, the the aim of the game here is to try and eliminate as much as you can without taking as much damage. Uh, and also you get um, points if you kill the enemy leader and you break your enemy. Mm. And also you get points of might back mm. um, if your enemy. Uh, your your leader kills some enemies in the fight. So, with that in mind, um, you know, uh, bearing in mind you've not played this scenario before and you're you're relatively new to the mm. game, what what sort of ideas do you think you'd have to try and take on my uh, my Saruman Urukai horde? All right. Well, I can only look at I'm pretty. I'm only looking. At, I'm looking at Aragorn here, and um, mm. but I probably send the Riders of the Dead first through um to see how that would that would affect things and hold back until i guess i was sure what was going on but but i guess aragorn gets a uh, i guess a new point of might but every turn right yeah. yeah so he's got he's got that um and then i'm just i'm just trying to remember my strengths here so also uh i guess the king of the dead uh can kind of draw uh might from uh i guess the herald of the dead's uh will so he has a little bit of yeah. options too. So I'm not. I'm not sure. I guess it, it, trying to see it on the, on the board. I think I, I, looking at the the way the way uh, your army is built, I think it's probably a, a run forward and hope for the best kind of job. To be honest, because because mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. you've got so few models, I, I think sending in uh, sending in. Uh, any any models on their own would probably be a, a tricky, uh, maybe a risky maneuver. But I'm going to struggle mm. in the sense that I've got um, a lot of my points are into Saruman with his magic. And um, I think, am I right in thinking the Herald of the Dead causes resistance to magic or something like that? I think it does. Um, so I think you've got a bit of a boost against against my magic. And the King of the Dead's got loads of will. Aragorn's pretty good at resisting magic. So 
I'm, I'm going to be struggling there. And also, you've got terror. Everyone causes terror. So certainly my um, some of my weaker Uruks and the uh, Dunland Warriors are going to really struggle to actually um, slam into the line. So I'm going to be trying to, to um, I don't know, I guess trying to minimise the damage from your big heroes by... Um, by uh, trying to immobilise them and things like that, but um, and hoping for the best when I'm facing up against the uh, Warriors of the Dead themselves. But I think I'm going to struggle. I, th- I actually do. I think this is a this isn't a great matchup for me. Well, I you know also um, you got Aragorn. He's got the Elven cloak. Now I thought that was kind of eh, a little bit lame, but I realised that makes him a little bit less easy to hit with magic as well. So it makes him even more resistant to that. And then he's got that uh, advantage. I think when when um, uh, I guess when the dead are around him, he gets uh, an advantage. Do they count as having a banner or something like that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that is good. And so there's there's a lot of bonuses here for you. I'm I'm, I'm trying to think of a way that I could uh, I could uh, persuade the uh, the dear listener that that my army is better. I, I think what I'd probably try and do is I, I try and. Um, uh, pick off some of the the the, the riders and or maybe the maybe Aragorn. I think I'm going to try and shoot Aragorn with the crossbows. That's probably going to be my starting point. And uh, mm. with trying maybe take a cheeky wound off here, there, and everywhere. Um, mm. But I think the numbers are going to really help me here. And um, if it wasn't for the um, the terror, I think I'd have a good chance. But because mm. I've got almost almost double um, your army, but everything of mine is going to really struggle to charge in. So. Uh, I'm at I'm at a loss. I'm at a loss, honestly. I think uh, I've got the big heroes. I've got the strength. I've got the fight value. But you'll be able to choose where where these battles happen because even though Urukai is slightly better in terms of courage than orcs, I'm gonna I'm gonna struggle to slam into the line uh, as much as possible. But yeah, yeah. One one thing also you have is you've got you've got bows. You've got crossbows, yeah. and I don't have any of that too. So that's that's something that's limiting for me. Yeah, as I guess well. it, it, so I've got to. I guess it means that you'll that have out. you'll have to come towards me, um, in the sense that otherwise you're going to just lose the odd warrior here and there. But two crossbows isn't going to do a lot of damage to de- defense seven guys. And you've got shields on everyone. You've got spears, mm-hmm. and you've got those really mm. tough um, riders of the dead, which are going to be pretty tricky to to take down. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I mean, I know this is this is all theory and uh, and virtual, <laughs> but um, I, so. I, you know, I could just easily say, "Well, yeah, I think I'm going to win because you know I'm better." But uh, <laughs> I, I no, I'm actually I, I I don't know your your. I'm looking at your your guys. I I don't usually play the bad guy, mm. and uh, and that's something I should probably get into and, and kind of get some things. I've been getting a lot of captains and and things like that, but uh, just trying to think how how that would look and what that was. I guess I don't know. Um, I, I don't. I wish I knew your guys. Yeah, your yeah, because yeah, better. that's fair enough. Well, I think I think my best bet would probably be to try and surround you in some way and and pick off the heroes. So if I'm using my fast moving uh, troops and um, some of the birds to to flap over the other side, the crabane to to fly over the back and try and pick out some of those spears, so that hopefully I can use my weight of numbers and my pikes um, in support to try and take you on. Because I've got strength four, I've got fight four, so I'm going to be slightly better at taking out the the guys i think that's gonna be my best bet and maybe maybe just um flinging people around with saruman and and pulling maybe even compelling a couple of the the front line your front line out so that out out of the line and maybe try and get some traps and um, cause some damage that way but it's gonna be a tricky one i'm, I'm interested what the what are the listeners are going to think about this one actually because um 
I'm not 100% sure, and it seems like you're not 100% sure. So maybe if we're on the tabletop, we'd be able to work it out. But um, in theory, I'm 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 not sure. I'm not sure who's who comes well, out top here. I, I, I'm curious though. What, what would the King of the Dead do to Saruman? Um, I know he has. Um, he's got that. You know that King of the Dead, and, he, and no matter how many wounds. Saruman has he can hit him out in one wound. Yeah, that is true. That so. would be tricky. The the one advantage I have there is that um, Saruman doesn't need to be in the front line. He he's not a, a, a troop killer. So I'm going to try and keep him really far away from the King of the Dead and Aragorn. Ah, yes. Those two guys are, mm. are, are, are going to kill Saruman with ease in combat. So I've only got the one one attack in combat, whereas they've got two or three. So uh, yeah, I, I'm, I think. If if I made a mistake and you got um, you got the King of the Dead into Saruman, that would be a tricky uh, tricky position okay. for him. But I'm yeah. going to try and keep him out definitely. Whereas Malher and and Gorolf, the uh, the other two heroes, they're actually pretty good at killing. Um, uh, they're probably going to be quite good at killing the Army of the Dead, um, but they're going to be useless against Aragorn or. Um, or or or, um, or the King of the Dead, so it, it's really interesting. I think it's going to be one of those one of those games where I'll be trying to avoid your heroes with my heroes, and you'll be trying to catch my heroes with yours. So I think it'll be uh, it'll be a really interesting game. Well, um, well, here, quick question, real quick. How many? How much might do you have? Um, so I've got three uh, three on the uh, on Saruman, and I think it's two on each of the other two characters. So you're going to definitely have the might advantage because you'll have unlimited might with Aragorn essentially and three free ones from from the Herald as well as the original starting might that, that the King of the Dead has so yeah you've definitely got the advantage yeah, there you'll yeah. be choosing the battle you'll be sort of ch- I'd imagine you'll end up charging me a few times after doing heroic moves and stuff and then I'll be ch- rather than I'll be trying to surround you but there'll be a few that won't be able to get in because of the, the terror so it'd be tricky it'd be tricky <laughs> it'd be good to see this game it really would. It really would. And and Joe, I, you you say um, you're relatively new. Have you? Is this the only army you've got, or because um, or, or have you got lots of other armies that you were considering? Well, I mean, because I got the starter set. You know, it's it's I've got Rohan and I've got you know Theoden and and uh, you know the Riders and those. But you know, I've been actually collecting um, some. You know, what I wanted to do was put together, uh, I guess, uh, some some Knights of Dol, Dol Amroth. And I, and I have a captain of Dol, Dol Amroth too, and I was tr- I was thinking maybe I could do something with with that, and and then put uh, Aragorn in there somehow. But there's there's just conflict because I don't have King Elisar, I just have Aragorn, and uh, and to put those together, I, I could have used Men of the West, but mm, uh, I couldn't really put that together. So that's what I came up with. This, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. I mean, I mean, sometimes in friendly games, I'm sure people would let you play um, with a different Aragorn because they're the same guy as long as it's uh, a friendly game. But I guess at tournaments and, and for for serious competitive games, then uh, you wouldn't be able to do the Aragorn one. But either way, um, Joe, uh, thanks very much for uh, for setting the challenge. And people at home, what do you think? Uh, do you think I'll be able to take down the uh, the army of the dead and uh, Aragorn uh, with my Uruk army? I, I'm not sure. And maybe you know for, you know better than me. Uh, get in touch. Entmoot podcast at gmail.com uh, is the email address to send in your thoughts and I'll obviously be putting some stuff out on Facebook as well so start the conversation there once the episode's uh, episode's been released but Joe um, it's an absolute pleasure and um, I, I want to just thank you for, for the support that you give to the channel and to uh, and to the podcast on um, Patreon and, and just in, in terms of comments and, and support as well it's been it's been a pleasure and I'm really glad to be able to include you in this um, in some way uh, because of, obviously you're on the other side of an ocean so it's going to be difficult for us to have a, have a game but 
but at least it feels like we can interact and have a bit of a chat via the podcast and uh, and the platform and, and what we've just done now. Absolutely. It's great to stay connected, even even if it's via YouTube, seeing you on the screen or, or uh, the podcast as well. Thanks. Yeah, well, it's an absolute pleasure. Joe, thank you very much for, for joining me. All the best. You too. Take care. So there you go, four interviews, four Patreons, four uh, people in which you, and four more Amulets, I suppose, uh, to get in touch about. Uh, let me know what you think, uh, A, of the format, and B, of the uh, of the armies that everyone used, and what you think about my army in comparison. It'd be really interesting to see. Maybe we'll get a sort of, some sort of poll or something up uh, to kind of reflect, um, you know, who whether I'd have actually come out on top in this tournament uh, or not. So uh, thanks very much uh, for listening along. Uh, again, a couple of a few sort of notices I suppose uh, coming up and I didn't mention the last podcast that my tournament in Lincoln is completely sold out so thank you very much for that hopefully it'll still go ahead um, if you're listening and you're, you've got a ticket I'm very much planning for it to go ahead um, it's October so a long way off but uh, of course who knows in this tricky world but much appreciated uh, for all of the great support, especially for the format, you know, Good versus Evil. Uh, we managed to pretty much get um, an even split. Um, I think there were one or two people who didn't get the, the faction they desired originally, but hopefully everyone's happy with it now. Uh, if you didn't, uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, basically I'm running a tournament in October in Lincoln in the UK where I uh, where there's going to be 20 people playing the Good Army, 20 people playing Evil, so we'll finally find out uh, whether Good is actually better than Evil or not so that'll be good fun and um, that's happening in october and there will of course be some podcast and maybe film content around it uh what else have we got to talk about so articon and other big tournaments who knows what's going to happen with them so hopefully there'll be a proper podcast at a tournament very soon uh, i'm still thinking it's probably going to be july at least before we have one and uh, i can't see how articon's going to happen so we'll have to wait and see um, but other than that, it's all very exciting in the world of uh, of SBG. I, I mentioned in the last podcast, and maybe I mentioned earlier on, about uh, taking a bit of a palate cleansing break from uh, from Middle Earth Middle uh, Middle Earth Middles Middle Earth miniatures. Uh, I've been painting some Necrons, which has been cool. Um, I used to love Necrons; they've been the 40k army of choice for many years. But uh, I, I, I'm, I'm very much back um, thinking about Middle Earth a lot more now. So hopefully, uh, we'll get some we'll get some more content out as well. And I've got some video stuff planned. Um, I'm hopefully going to be doing another uh, scenario video for the. Uh, uh, for the the YouTube channel with uh, with with Louise, my girlfriend, um, who has agreed as a birthday present to me to play another game of Warhammer, which is very exciting. So hopefully we'll get a video uh, scenario again onto the YouTube channel, as well as uh, some more sort of uh, uh, some more fun kind of tactic based things. And I'm hoping to do a do a painting tutorial. I haven't done a painting tutorial in absolutely ages. So. Lots more planned for that. Uh, keep an eye out for me on the Drawn Combat blog. Um, uh, spoke to Dan earlier, which was fab. Um, he's uh, mentioned that uh, he'd quite like me to write an article, so I'm, I'm conjuring something up uh, as we as we speak. Uh, literally, I have a pen and paper right here. Uh, no, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. Hopefully, you'll see me on that as well. And of course, a, a big thank you to all of the people who've continued to put out fantastic content. Um, there's, there's some new content as well, which I hadn't um, uh, I, I hadn't expected, which is great. Uh, I think it's the Unexpected podcast. Uh, which has um, come out uh, on the last few weeks on YouTube. So have a have a listen to that. Um, it's a YouTube channel, um, sort of 
video podcast, but there's some great, uh, great people involved in that. So um, highly recommend that. And also um, the Veni Vidi Vici blog um, written by um, Mikolai, who I think was involved in the last episode of Entmoot. Uh, it was a rerun of the interview I did with him in Scotland. Um, he's a great player, very much involved and great tactics. And he sort of uh, get some tactical advice from people from around the scene so that's brilliant as well and uh, Devi uh, is doing some cracking stuff on his uh, channel as well as all the all the other the people who are stalwarts of the community uh, so from the you know the the the, the uh, battle streams in middle earth guys and top table gaming and uh, you know Damien doing his his blogs and vlogs and things like that and and uh, of course out of the frying pan and into the fire and of course uh, you can't uh, can't forget our antipodean friends the green dragon a podcast which has put us some cracking content um some of the last few episodes have been absolutely delightful uh i've, I've really enjoyed um, the evil factions in particular i must say iron hills i'm halfway through at the moment so uh, great podcast thank you very much to the green dragon uh, guys and gals for, for for their contribution to the sbg scene and zoppers up as well who's regularly doing his uh, battle streams in middle earth so uh, there's just so many people to thank and and you know it's it's great to see the the fires of industry working hard to keep us all uh, keep us all up to date and i have uh, uh, i have taken a bit of a bit of a back seat for a while but hopefully hopefully it, ha- it hasn't been missed too much and the new entmoot format has been enjoyable it takes a bit of time to put together uh, this new format but actually uh, i think i think it, it, it could work it could work and in fact i've enjoyed doing it so it could even be uh, a potential for something that i do when uh, perhaps there's a gap in the schedules you know if i uh, if I talk to folk um, down the line rather than going to a tournament, because let's be honest, I can't keep up the the rate of tournament going to uh, once every week or two weeks forever. So uh, we'll see if we can work that out, and maybe we can challenge some other folk from around the community to ch- chat to me over the podcast in a similar way, and hopefully uh, provide some content in that way. So that'd be brilliant. But anyway, uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, I'll be back for episode twenty-five at some point in the not too distant future. But in the meantime, thank you very much for listening. Boo-ra-rum.